Hi everyone and welcome back to the Grad Life podcast. Holly here and today I'm going to be speaking with Daryl Egan. Daryl is a market executive working in Enterprise Ireland who is currently working in their Amsterdam office. Daryl has lived and studied in numerous different countries across the world including the Middle East, Asia, North America and Europe. Daryl works to help connect Irish businesses to key industry stakeholders in the Benelux region which we'll delve into in more detail in this week's podcast. So hi, Daryl. How are you? I believe I'm speaking to you from the Amsterdam office, am I? Hey, Holly, how's things? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm currently based in Amsterdam at the moment, but uh tend to travel around quite a bit, a good bit. But yeah, right now I'm in Amsterdam. So Brilliant. Yeah, I'm sure we'll get into your traveling a bit more later on. But I suppose just to give the audience a bit of background on you, uh, you're currently working as a market executive for Enterprise Ireland. So do you want to start off by telling us a little bit about the company and I suppose what they do for Irish businesses? Yep. So uh, Enterprise Ireland is the kind of trade and investment arm of the Irish government. And actually only a couple of uh, a couple of weeks ago, it was announced by PitchBook that we're actually Europe's most active um, VC investor, um, which which is a really, you know, great testament to the amount of companies that Enterprise Ireland backs and I suppose there's there's two ways of looking at it um there's kind of all my colleagues that are based in Ireland that work with the kind of companies that are at, at earlier stages or that are looking for either investment or potentially grants and then there's also the overseas team of which I'm a part of and we kind of help uh, companies with their kind of market entry strategy as when they're looking to kind of scale and export into new markets so um, there's kind of a, a range of different supports there that Enterprise Ireland offers depending on the stage the company is at what needs they they have and where they are in their in terms of their export journey brilliant yeah and as you mentioned there obviously is a huge range of supports being offered by enterprise ireland so would you say there's a big difference between maybe the teams managing clients on a national basis in ireland versus the teams abroad for example where you are yeah so for example um in Ireland, their uh, focus could be on potentially a, a particular grant. So for taking COVID as an example, there were grants that were issued to help companies kind of um, get their way through that crisis. So it could be a financial grant. It could be a grant for um, giving them a chance to kind of have better market research or uh, hire an overseas employee it depends on on the needs of the companies whereas with the overseas um teams what we do is we kind of help uh with that market entry so that can be anything from um supporting them with introductions to key per- personnel in the markets uh trying to find them partners distributors uh people to sell their product or services to it can help them kind of focus on their value proposition um it can help them with uh, marketing and how to kind of change their value prop their marketing collateral uh depending on the markets they're looking looking to enter so we really kind of focus on that uh, piece of when a company is ready to enter a new market and an export. Okay, brilliant. Yeah, no, we'll definitely go into more detail about your specific role later on as well. Sure. Um, but before you joined Enterprise Ireland, I suppose you worked with a different company called Keypoint, I believe. So yep. is your interest in working in sort of a business services firm, do you think this is where it started or did you already know what direction you wanted to go with your career when you left college? Um, I think for me, when I was kind of getting towards the end of college, um, the short answer is no. And the the, the long answer um, kind of focuses a bit more. And I, I really want to take a gap year. Um, 
and my final year in college was 2020. So I was uh, one of many students that were kind of uh, impacted and, and uprooted by by COVID. Um, it was a really kind of uncertain time. Uh, and at that stage, I was kind of, like I said, really um I really wanted to take a gap year and I didn't quite know what I wanted to do. Did I want to travel a little bit? Um, did I want to go work abroad for a little bit? So I didn't have anything kind of planned and I was kind of sticking sticking to my guns. I, I At that stage, I was I was hoping that, uh, like everyone, I suppose, that the COVID pandemic wouldn't last as long as it has. Um, so I, I kind of got a bit lucky in that uh, I was born uh, in the Middle East, lived there um, until I was 15 before coming back uh, to Ireland to go to school. And um, I was very fortunate that I was in a position to uh, reach out and try and get myself an internship out there. So um, I, I had a great time uh, working and being mentored um, by Tom Gilbert in, in Key Point, who I'm sure will appreciate a shout out. Um, <laughs> but uh, it was it was great. I mean, it was fantastic for a number of reasons. It, it gave me a real life work experience, but not only that, it gave me a real sense of what it's like to work uh, internationally outside of Ireland with a such a diverse group of people from from all over the world and that was something that I, I found was um, first of all really enjoyable um, but like from my personal and professional development point of view um, it was it was a fantastic experience and I think you know it's undoubtedly helped me um, in this role um, and yeah it was a fantastic experience and I'll, and I'll forever be grateful for Keypoint for giving me that that opportunity initially um, to kind of get some work experience with them in, in a kind of in a fast-paced international environment. And remind me, whereabouts were you based when you were working with Keypoint? So uh, a, a, re, a really small island in the Middle East called Bahrain. Uh, so yeah, I was, I was born out there and uh, it's a fantastic place for sure. Very cool. Yeah, you seem to have spent a lot of time both living and working abroad. So I'm very envious of you in that situation. Hopefully I'll get there one day. Um, but you mentioned working across the Middle East, Asia, North America, and also Europe. So could you tell us maybe a little bit more about your experience abroad and how you ended up spending so much time in all these different places? Do you think it's because you were brought up outside Europe, it kind of drew you back to wanting to go back there? Or how do you think it plan panned out that way for you? Yeah, I think it, it's it's a couple of different factors. I think certainly um, maybe having kind of spent so much time outside of Europe Previously, it kind of takes away any sort of fear that you might have to kind of go and explore um, places further afield. Um, I, I was really supported by my parents in terms of their lives, like, you know, go out and, and try it. And if it doesn't work, you can always come back. So I think um, that was really helpful um, in any kind of situation like that. Um, like I said, already talking about the experience from from the year I, I worked out in Bahrain. Um, Apart from that, when I was in college, I had the amazing opportunity to do my uh, uh, business school exchange in, in Hong Kong. Uh, and, and that was, again, just an incredible opportunity and uh, so different from from Europe, so different from the Middle East. And it, it really kind of, again, uh, made me have that, I guess, that desire to, again, where I suppose work and live internationally I think for me it's it, it's it's something that I guess extends to uh, a hobby as well I, I love to travel um, I love to you know meet new people embrace new cultures so I think from that point of view it's great and then uh, 
like most college students, I guess I had the opportunity to do um, a, a J1 or, or I, I actually went to Vancouver in, in, in Canada. So it was kind of international experience these, uh, I think it's called. And again, that was another totally different experience, kind of working on a, on a building site for a couple of months in Vancouver. Um, so I think, you know, you gain different skills um, from all those different experiences. And I think you know, they really do have an impact in in, in what you do, um, both at work, but then also um, outside of work as well. And from your experience working in Asia and in different places as well, what would you say you noticed were the biggest differences in culture in comparison to Ireland, for example? Yeah, so I think it it really depends on, on where you are. Uh, I think the Irish, from a business context, the Irish business environment is is quite open. It's very friendly. It's quite approachable in a lot of ways. Um, it, it might be a little bit more informal and casual at the start. Um, and, and again, with the Middle East, um, a lot of it is about building a relationship with, with either clients, buyers, potential partners before you engage in business. Obviously, then in Asia, it's, it's incredibly hierarchical. It's uh, built upon uh, an enormous amount of respect. Um, you would you would if you were in a business setting you you kind of uh would have meetings with people at the same level of, as you it, it's it's kind of very quite strict in that way uh, and a little bit more reserved and then my from my experience in, in the Netherlands for example the the Dutch are quite direct um a lot more straight to the point <laughs> meetings are often very quick to the point much shorter and um, so I I quite like the Dutch way of, of of doing business you kind of know where you stand quite quickly um but again they're they're incredibly uh open and honest people and, and I think that honesty is, is a fantastic value uh in in business so I think yeah there's there's loads of subtle differences and then lots of similarities as well and it just takes time to kind of navigate them and, and, and learn the subtle new nuances between uh between each kind of um I suppose each business culture yeah great I like um what you had to say about the Dutch culture I too also appreciate people who are pragmatic <laughs> yeah yeah um, for sure but yeah, do you think your international perspective then would benefit your role working with Enterprise Ireland? Yeah, I, I think it does. Um, you know, I, I don't think it's necessary necessarily essential for for the role. I think if if you have an open mind and you know you're willing to learn, willing to adapt, um, I think you know that's more than enough. Um, but for me, I think it's definitely helped uh, me adapt quicker. I think one of the the biggest advantages I thought I had when I was interviewing for the role was I'd kind of already proven in, in a couple of different ways that I was able to 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 live abroad, you know, integrate, interact with people. So I think from that point of view, it 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 gave me a lot of confidence in terms of being able to actually move to a new country, settle in quite quickly, uh, adapt to a new um, business environment, a new way of working. Um, so I think from from that, those kind of practical aspects, it, it, it certainly helped. Yeah, for sure. Great. Yeah. And speaking of working abroad, so your current job now, um, you're a market executive in the Amsterdam office, I believe, yeah. and you're involved connecting Irish businesses to industry stakeholders in the Benelux region. So how did you find yourself in the Amsterdam office advising these Irish businesses in the Benelux region? Yeah, so um, I, I guess the, the, the process for um, 
the the interview process is is pretty rigorous and as part of that you you put down um preferences based on we we have 44 uh, or more offices um around the world and and at each certain time there are openings um in each office and uh, so you're kind of given a list and you're basically given uh your top five preferences that you put put down and then based on on how you interview and your what they see as your skill set they they kind of match the capability with the need of the office across a number of factors uh, a fun the funny thing for me was i didn't even have amsterdam down in my top five um but it's worked out so well i mean if i was to go back uh, and pick my preferences again amsterdam would 100 be my number one preference and um, so um i'm i'm so happy that i've ended up here um, and then, yeah, I'm, I'm based in Amsterdam, but I, I work with the, the wider Benelux team uh, across the entire region. So looking after Belgium and Luxembourg as well. And, and the way it kind of is structured is we would have, um, we would look after clients in specific sectors. So I work with companies in, in agri-tech, travel tech, um, fintech, those are the, my, and micromobility, those would be my main sort of um portfolio sectors that I, I would work with clients on and and within those sectors it will it will vary hugely depending on what the client company actually does and what service they require and what stage of development they're at so um, it does vary quite a lot yeah no it's nice that um enterprise ireland were obviously able to identify that you know the netherlands was going to be a place that would suit you so it sounds like it's definitely worked out well um mm -hmm. And you mentioned briefly there, you seem to work a lot with tech companies. So what range of supports do you offer as a market executive? And how does it work in terms of, I suppose, the breakdown of what companies you deal with? Yeah, so um, I, I'm kind of would be more in the kind of ICT digital technologies cluster in our team, but we all also do support uh, companies in in the industrial clusters we call them. So there would be companies uh, in uh, in construction, in in more traditional manufacturing, um, etc. So we we do um, support companies across the whole the whole spectrum. Um, for me, my kind of interest lied within that kind of kind of tech environment. So it was really um, it was fantastic that I was able to kind of align those interests with the kind of business need as well and, and work with some of these really interesting companies. Uh, some of the supports that we would offer um, these companies, it can, it can range um, from very uh, heavily involved to, to light, light touch stuff. So it could be anything from uh, if they're, if a company is looking to actually open, uh, have an overseas presence, open an office, uh, hire uh, hire an employee for for um, boots on the ground in 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 a particular market, we can help with certain aspects of that. Whether that be the the legal aspect, introducing them to uh, to lawyers, or whether it's introducing them to estate agents to help them find places or recruitment firms, so we could do stuff like that. We can also uh, look within our own networks and introduce them to potential distributors for, for their products or services, buyers, etc., or key stakeholders that can maybe open doors that have really strong networks. We can also help offer um, support on um, their marketing collateral and trying to really you know hone in on on the subtle differences that they might need to to change to really penetrate the market um 
and yeah, there's there's lots there's lots of different things we do. We do event support as well. So, um, and, I, and I'll probably touch on this a little bit later. But we, when there's say big conferences on, um, within the region, we often invite our client companies either to come and exhibit on a stand that where we're uh, organizing, or we we kind of help them organize their own stands. Uh, it, you know, and kind of keep them up to date with what is happening in the market and kind of if there are stuff, if there are big conferences going on. Uh, we, we do notify them and let them know. Great. Yeah. And as someone who is advising these Irish companies, do you find that you yourself need to have an extensive market knowledge of the Benelux region or are you more so acting as a middleman and giving them access to market stakeholders in the region? Yeah, so it's 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 a bit of both. I suppose when I started the role, I I may I didn't have like a strong um a strong knowledge of 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 the Benelux or um particular sectors. So, you know, that grows over time uh, with your own research, with your own exposure to the environment uh, and to, you know, key stakeholders within within the the environment within the countries uh, that you're working in. So, it is a learning process. It's a steep learning curve. Um but at the end of the day, we work with so many companies and within the, the agri-tech sector, for example, um, it can be really niche. It can be anything from, from machinery to some really high-tech software. So it changes so much. So we're never going to be an expert in everything. So it's about kind of recognizing that and and, and kind of understanding the, the trends uh, to a deep enough level that you can offer your support. And then it's the kind of more organic knowledge that you develop over time. Uh, Going back to say, for example, the the business culture, and 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 small things there that might impact the company, or or whether it's with marketing collateral and small changes here and there that can have a big difference in the company. Um, so I think that's kind of more where uh, it helps with our advice, and then of course it's our actual physical presence uh, on the ground. You know, we we deal with a lot of companies that are maybe looking to enter into a market, and you know even with the the kind of improvements in technologies, you know, Zoom or Teams or whatever it might be, it still makes much more of a difference when when people come over and meet people in person, they see what the the lie of the land like is for themselves. So I think we're also kind of almost an extension sometimes for companies in that regard too. Yeah, I'm sure you do get thrown in the deep end then quite frequently. Um, Could you give us maybe another example of the kind of industry stakeholder or market knowledge that you'd be exposing these Irish companies to? Yeah, so uh, for instance, it could be um, it could be a journalist as part of a um, a journal for a specific type of sector. It could be um, someone within the um, municipalities of, say, for for example, in, in the city of Amsterdam. It could be introducing them to a, a micro mobility company, to a stakeholder within within that, to maybe give them a bit more of an insight into um, how the tendering process works. What what are the kind of um, needs and wants of of say the government and uh, or things like that. It could also be um, companies that are, are are focused on PR and translation services. If companies are looking to translate their marketing collateral or their websites, things like that. So, and then it can also be uh, we use the term pathfinders, where um, for example, within a, a certain specific industry sector where we may not have uh, the network or the the ability to 
open doors for for a company, uh, we can put them in touch with a consultant of sorts who uh, maybe is an ex-employee of a, of a big company within a certain sector that has uh, some strong contacts and, and can help open doors in, into for those companies. So uh, again, that part does vary quite a lot as well. Yeah, huge variation by the sounds of things. Um, there seems to be a huge range of supports available there for those that need it. Um, but I suppose on a more casual basis, what would you say the most challenging part of your role would be then? Um, I think for me, um, we we kind of started in, in COVID kind of time. So it was still quite um, strict regulation wise and it differed from country to country. So where in some countries it was really easy to meet people in, in other countries, it was it was difficult. So a lot of the kind of connections and the network that you were trying to build had to be done online, which uh, I think everyone can agree is a lot more difficult. Um, so I think that initial kind of building your network piece was was quite difficult because purely because it was impossible to meet people because there were no conferences happening. Um, you know, everyone was at home working online all the time. So people were getting, I suppose, inundated with with emails and, and, and LinkedIn messages. Um, so it was very hard to kind of get any traction. I found there was a huge difference when when things started to open up a little bit and people started to meet in person. Um, so that was probably the initial challenge. And then I suppose it's, it's kind of making sure that you're kind of up to date with what's happening in, in in the markets and 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 sometimes because we we do work with such a range of companies across multiple sectors but then very specific niches within those sectors it can be really difficult sometimes to, to stay ahead of everything and you know once you realize that it is quite difficult to stay ahead of everything you know it, it kind of becomes easier because you know you, you don't put yourself under as much pressure uh to to know everything um but it, I suppose it's trying that that balancing act of trying to make sure that you are well enough informed um, to, to, you know, offer offer good advice and support for the, the companies and the clients that you work for. Yeah. Um, and from the description of your role already, there does seem to be a great sense of variation in your job. So this question probably already answers itself slightly. <laughs> but um, I suppose, is there a typical day in the life for someone in your position as a market executive or I mean, I'm guessing from your previous description, yeah. it does probably seem to vary quite often. It so how does the day look for you? It, it it does it does vary a lot, um, and and it also kind of comes in 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 peaks and troughs as well in terms of you know how how busy or how how heavy the workload is. When we have uh, big events going on or ministerial visits, it tends to be really busy, and a lot of that focus can be on on event management, on on logistics for, for event. And then other times it'll be more focused on client work, buyer outreach, um, market research. So it kind of changes and depends. Um, but yeah, I, I've, I've been in, in the role now a little over a year and I can honestly say between, um, between kind of working with clients, reaching out to buyers, organizing events, traveling to conferences, it really does does vary and that's part of why I really love the role so much and there there isn't a typical day um and I, and I think it's that variety is something that I definitely I definitely do enjoy great yeah for someone who's only been in a role for a year you seem to have quite an extensive um amount of knowledge on so many different areas of the job so it seems very interesting um but yeah do you want to tell us maybe a recent favorite job of yours that you worked on without giving away too many details if, if you're not able. Yeah, I think um, one of my favorite 
and I suppose one of my highlights of, of, of my time in Enterprise Ireland so far this year was the Money 2020 conference. Um, I worked with um, with my colleague Emily Gallon on it, who's uh, who's a superstar. So I've learned so much from Emily over the last year as well. Um, she's been a great mentor. Um, but we we had 18 client companies um, partake in in the Money 2020 conference, which is the uh, Europe's number one uh, fintech event and it was held in Amsterdam from the 7th to the 9th of, of June of this year and and we we kind of planned a pretty extensive program of events around it on, on the first day we had uh, a ministerial visit from Minister Sean Fleming so we uh, arranged meetings at the stands of our kind of client companies that had taken out stands and exhibits uh, at the uh, at the conference and then we had a, a really interesting round table lunch um, that kind of focused on on payments uh, and the future of, of that in 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 Europe uh, which is which is really interesting uh, on the second day we we organized a a networking event and and this was um this was one of the the highlights i thought of of the three days um we had a we hired a, a kind of amsterdam longboat which picked us up outside the conference center and brought us through the canals of amsterdam and it was a really uh, it was a really successful event because it was it was full of people it gave uh, both buyers and uh, our clients a good chance to meet, mix and mingle, uh, see Amsterdam from the canals. And also it was the perfect networking scenario because no one was allowed to leave the boat. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it worked out. It worked out pretty well. Uh, and then the final day we had a fintech um kind of advisory panel sessions for for some of our kind of earlier stage companies where we had a number of industry extras, uh, experts kind of come in and it was it was kind of done in a in a in a pitching session format but it was less about pitching for investment more about kind of uh, looking at critically at the company's service offering and kind of offering kind of advice and, and and different pointers depending on on what situations arose and that was on top of just attending the conference which is uh, which is incredible I mean it's a huge conference uh, all, all the biggest uh, names in, in fintech are, are in attendance um, and, and it's also just a fantastic um, opportunity to kind of see the scale of the industry so I think that was definitely one of the highlights and and, and it was even better that that the um I suppose the feedback from the client companies that attended was was really strong which which was also great and they got some uh, some good leads out of it as well which is of course uh, important yeah it's great that you got to be so involved um and is this something that happens on an annual basis yeah so yeah, money twenty twenty happens. It it happens uh, uh, on an annual basis in Europe, and then there's also uh, an American, a uh, North American um, iteration as well. So that happens. I think it's in this year. It's in in Las Vegas. Um, so yeah, there's kind of two, but it's it's the it's the biggest one in 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 Europe for sure. Uh, and then like that, like I said, there's 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 conferences and events on uh, all the time for 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 every sector. So we're we're quite busy with with managing those. Yeah, and just by chance, it was on in Amsterdam the year that you happened to be working there. Yeah, exactly, and it's on it's on in Amsterdam again next year. So I'm, I'm uh, so I'm really looking forward to uh, to kind of getting involved in that again and 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 kind of building upon uh, the successes that we had this year and, and and you know hopefully again delivering more more value to our clients and then also like learning again learning more about the the sector and the industry myself. So it, there's some there was some fantastic talks on. We had a uh, John Collison of Stripe was one of the main speakers there. Um, so it was really inspiring to see an Irish, um, you know, an Irish businessman, you know, on on a global stage, uh, talking about Ireland and the innovation coming from 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 our uh, our small little country, you know, and and the impact that it's having, you know, globally. So I think 
seeing you know that was was really inspiring as well as you said it's always nice to see success stories come from irish startups given how small we are in comparison to other nations so having the opportunity to witness this firsthand must be really rewarding um so daryl i just have one final question for you so for any students that might be interested in pursuing a job in enterprise ireland is there any advice that you could give to them I think if, if for Enterprise Ireland in, in particular, you know, there's there's two sides of, of the graduate program. There's the um, there's a national side and there's the international side. Um, and both are incredibly rewarding, incredibly interesting, um, you know, and, and they're, but they're tough to get. And, and, and part of that is because of, of the, the range of work that you get to do. It's really interesting. It's really exciting. You're working with the most innovative Irish companies. Um, so I think the first step is is applying, you know, go for it and apply. Um, talk to people that that are involved in the role, you know, if anyone wants to reach out to me or any of my other uh, colleagues within the grad program, we, we're always more than happy to to chat to people about, about the job and what we do. Um, and then after that, it's kind of like looking at the Irish landscape, you know, what what is Ireland um, leading in you know what what are the industries where we're um where we're really kind of showcasing the talent that we have and a lot of that comes from services but there's a lot also a lot of you know strong manufacturing and pharma that comes out of ireland as well and and med tech especially is really growing as well so it's kind of having an understanding of what sectors um ireland are strong in and, and then looking at the kind of clients and that and i suppose having an understanding of what enterprise ireland does and how it supports um, the Enterprise Ireland clients is really important as well. Great. And just out of interest, what does the grad program look like for someone who will be lucky enough to be offered that from Enterprise Ireland? So it's a two year, it's a two year program. And I think the kind of the the day you get offered the program is probably the last day you're referred to as a, as a graduate. You know, you're straight straight into a, a job where you get incredible responsibility, you get a lot of responsibility, yeah, as much responsibility as you're kind of willing to take on um, with some support, some great support in the background, whether it's from your uh, fellow fellow graduates or your colleagues and your manager within your team. So I think it's it's um, it's it's a two year program. You you learn a lot. Um, it's it's very varied. Um, you get this, like I said, this amazing opportunity to work with some of the most interesting, cutting edge Irish companies. And a lot of the times you're interacting with decision makers. So even from the interactions that you have with whether it's on, on the buyer side or the client side, you're, you're talking uh, and interacting frequently with people uh, that have either you know, been involved in multiple businesses before or in at different levels of seniority in larger multinationals, for example. So that learning and development really continues throughout the two-year program. Uh, and I think that's one of the one of the most interesting parts um, parts of it for me. Brilliant. That's some great information there. Thank you very much for that. No um, that's all the questions that I have for you today, Daryl. So thank you so much for giving us your time to be on the podcast. It's great to meet you. Thanks, Holly. You too.